This is Reese Davis, and you're listening to the Galloway Podcast. Welcome into the Galloway Podcast, episode 74, presented by WD Marketing Group. I'm your host, William Galloway. You can follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. That's where a lot of this podcast content is driven and is powered by WD Marketing Group. WD Marketing Group is a Tuscaloosa, Alabama-based marketing firm focused on helping small and local businesses with all their digital, social media, and traditional marketing needs. WDMG has helped clients in a wide variety of industries surpass sales and growth goals while maintaining true brand identity for the client. That's you. Your business is too valuable not to market, so let them help you. You can find them on the web, WD Marketing Group, www.wdmarketinggroup.com. On today's episode, we've got Chris Marler of Saturday Down South talking Alabama football and the Crimson Tide are dominating the offseason headlines. Nick Saban with a contract extension. Alabama scheduling Oklahoma State for a home-and-home, continuing that trend over the next decade of playing Power 5 schools in a home-and-home matchup. So we'll talk about that with Chris. Also, some Alabama softball wrapped up their season at the Women's College World Series, fell just short of the championship series after a 20-game win streak, lost their final two games on Sunday and Monday afternoon and evening to Florida State. Florida State now taking on Oklahoma in the Women's College World Series National Championship. If you listened to episode 73, you did hear me talk about switching up the format of this podcast. There's no more What's New segment. There's really no more Around Alabama Athletics. It's all really just interview-based, and so at this point in the podcast, we're going to kick it over to the interview with Chris Marler of Saturday Down South. Once again, this is the Galloway Podcast, episode 74, presented by WD Marketing Group. Chris Marler of Saturday Down South on the Galloway Podcast, presented by WD Marketing Group. Chris, how are you? Welcome into episode 74. I, I'm good, William. Uh, I don't know what to call you because William seems so formal, but also Bill sounds like almost a little more formal. Um, but yeah, I'm doing well, man. It's been a while. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you since you get your new job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's. It, realizing um every everything that comes with the adult world when my alarm went off at 5 30 this morning and i realized that um you know that's that's the new normal now everyone talked about the new normal in covid well guess what the real world will give you a swift kick in the behind and uh but it's been great enjoying it and uh trying to get in the groove so yeah, i appreciate good for that you, man and it never gets easier i'll say that or people say that it does <laughs> like my fiance gets up early every morning and I'm like, I just, I, I can't, I can't do that. How do you people do oh. this? Um, yeah. So talking a little off season college football today, there's a lot to cover here with Alabama softball and different <laughs> things. So we'll mainly stick to football and then get into softball shortly. Uh, but Chris, I want to ask you, um, we'll start off with the news that kind of broke Tuesday of Pete Thamel talking about expanding the college football playoff and it's something I mentioned to you over text today, but it just seems like every single time of, you know, when this time of year rolls around, people have nothing to talk about. Alabama's been right. dominating the headlines. All people want to talk about is expanding the playoff. Yeah. So, you know, and I was joking around with you, you know, 
off air about this that um, today's just to be my off day. And of course, this is <laughs> this is like what ends up like breaking. Um, yeah, I think like I'm not going to blame Pete Thamel because it is coming up and, you know, the meeting's coming up in three weeks and they're going to present what their findings from this report they've been working on for two years. And, and it sounds so bizarre that it's even like the verbiage used for like they're going to report their findings like this is not like a science project, right? Like it's just like, hey, fans want more teams because they're tired of watching Nick Saban dominate college football and and Clemson and like, the, you know, the other couple blue bloods that they throw in there and they want they want, you know, a little bit a little bit more, like more, I guess, difference from like what they're seeing right now. And, and like, I, I think that this was a big missed opportunity from the playoff committee last year, because if there was ever a year that you could have just tinkered with it as like an experiment, it was the, the year of the pandemic when you have different conferences, not playing at the same, same time, same amount of games, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff where usually you feel like you have a strength of schedule model that you can compare contrast these resumes. You couldn't really do that last year. Um, and they didn't want to throw in a group of five school. They didn't want to expand it to eight teams or whatever else. And instead they decided to throw Ohio state into just, I'll call it the lion's den and get their ass kicked by Alabama in the national championship. We were told all year, no, they're good enough to be there. We don't like, we don't need that. And I, I think that is part of the issue. The other issue is like fans are just going to be the worst no matter what, right? Like this is fans have, have been doing, like have been begging for a different system since I mean, you're a Bama fan. Like you heard yeah. about like the 66 season where Bama went undefeated and Notre Dame, Michigan State played to a tie. And then, you know, we get the BCS and it takes away any kind of human bias. And they go right into um, using like, you know, computer models on stuff. But then Bama and LSU play in that, that miserable game. Um, and I think the quote on that was like, you know, it was terrible for the fans. Well, this isn't wrestling, right? Like, like it, this isn't for the fans. This right. Kids exactly. like don't go to two a days and practice all year long so they can impress fans. Um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm tired of it. I think that as soon as you get to 12, as soon as you get to two, you went to four and then you immediately wanted six or eight. And now you're going to do 12. It's going to go to 16. Then they're going to want 24 and just whatever. Nobody's ever going to be happy. It's never going to be enough for everybody because their team's going to get left out, especially the way things going right. this day and age. Well, give me my chance. Well, I always say this, and I've said this on probably half of my podcast episodes. You have your chance. It's the regular season. Mm-hmm. Win your games and do what you can. And I understand that some teams have kind of gotten screwed and have been that five, that number five team. And, yeah, it's not a perfect system, but, you know, it comes down to your scheduling, and there's a lot more that goes into it. Right. Um, but 12 is, is not the answer Four, I was hesitant to get to four. And all it is, is this anti Bama bias. And I say that as a Bama fan, but yeah. that's exactly what it was. Cause like you mentioned, Bama and LSU played in 2011 and then now they're tired of seeing Bama. Well, guess what? Clemson's been in it just as much or almost as much as Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio state, but it's also yeah, about the money. Seen Oklahoma get beat by 30. Yeah. Just because they win their conference and they don't have anybody in their, their conference is arguably as uncompetitive as the ACC, and people don't talk about that. Uh, yeah. But the money, Chris, what's, what's the whole deal with brands? Because Alabama snuck in in 2017, arguably could not have made the playoff and mm-hmm. maybe would have been justified, but ended up winning the national championship. How much of that do you think was brand identity, and how much do you think that the playoff committee goes off of money based off of the teams and the brand? Are you talking specific, like specifically 2017? No, no, no. I, I just use okay. that as a reference. But think about, you know, the Ohio State's, the Alabama's, um, Notre Dame. I mean, 
when when they had the opportunity this year for another team to right. get in over Notre Dame, you put Alabama and Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl, and you're going to sell yeah. every ticket no matter what. I, I I jokingly said this last year, and, and it's so disappointing because like in a year of there were so many unknowns that we we could have written this down from day one in college football. Like this, there was it couldn't have been more scripted of like the same type of crap they do every year, which is. Yep. Like, you know, the only thing, if they could have found a way to put Texas in it, that's the only way they could have had a better setup for, for like the cultural playoff last year. You have Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame in like in a year where you can actually travel and go to games, they would have made, you know, a million dollars. So I think, or not a million dollars. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's just like billions <laughs> of dollars. Um, but I think, I think part of it is from that, but I think the other part of it too is it, it might've been, you know, like trying to make up for any of the losses that incurred last year because of how the season went. So I could see it last year. I could definitely see brands being a huge part of it. Um, I, I think it also is just inherent biases of what we think are good teams and what aren't good teams. And, um, and, and I think there really is merit to that because you're not going to allow some teams to get into the, the playoff just strictly because like they're Cincinnati, they're UCF, they're, they're whatever, right? If they didn't play this, this strength of schedule, that's as tough as the, the power five schools. The issue is, like those fans will travel. I, I don't know how big those fan bases are, right? But they will travel. We saw UCF in the Fiesta Bowl, they, and they travel. Like they, they have some of those rabid fans. Check Twitter, like in college yeah. football. Um, I think the issue is where, where you kind of lose people, and, and the whole thing gets murky. Is when you have the argument about not having the same teams every year and, and giving other teams a chance you can't use that to blindly choose the other teams over teams that deserve it. Like you talk about 2017 when Bama didn't win their division and didn't win their conference and Ohio state did, and they should have gotten in Ohio state lost by 30 points to an unranked Iowa team. Like, so it's, it's the game still have to matter. Um, and it's just the way college is set up. It's just so big and so many moving parts. It's hard to, hard to narrow it down. And, and last point on this too, before we move on to Saban's contract, people lose interest when the, with the expansion. I think there's been so – I don't have the number right in front of me, but every year I do the research and add the previous year from mm-hmm. the margin of victory in the semifinal games. And they're honestly unnecessary. And it's 11 the, points for the most game. part. Yeah. For, for the most part, you could say it's necessary. There have been scenarios where the higher seed wins uh, or lower seed, however you want to look at it. Um, but that's how I got my ticket to this year's Rose Bowl is Roger said, I want to save my money for – Miami, I don't want to spend the money to go to Dallas. It's a waste of time. Right. We're going to kill Notre Dame. And so, here, buy my ticket, and that's cash in my back pocket. It's, it's expected for Alabama. That's kind of messed up, man. I think, well, part of that, too, though, is – and it, we can it was face value. Fans. So. That's fair. But, like, part of it also is, as Bama fans, we are the most obnoxiously entitled group of fans in the country. And there's not another fan base True. that really had – like. There's not a fan base that, that has that problem in quotes. Like I, I live in Atlanta and I have tons of, of friends that are Georgia fans. And I remember when it happened 2017 year, when they go to Notre Dame and they like, then they go to the Rose bowl and they come back for the national championship. That's a dream season for like a season ticket holder. Like you get to go to the Rose bowl and you get to, you know, go up to South Bend. Bama fans don't care about any of that. <laughs> it's just like yeah. the whole thing is like, hurry up and get the natty every single year. And I think that, with with travel because it gets expensive and that's one thing i worry about if you're expanding the playoffs like you're i remember so like 2018 when bama played clemson you're talking about going from the sec championship and they opened the season in atlanta i think uh or something like that or 
Jacksonville or like what, Orlando, my bad. Orlando, yeah. Then you end up going to Miami for the semifinals and then going out to San Francisco. So one of the most expensive cities in the country trying to go all over the, like all over the place, trying to get to these games. Yeah. It's going it, to wane. Two relatively East terrible. coast teams. Right. One of the worst nights of colleges, by the way, I watched every last second tick off the clock and, but we don't have to talk about that. No, uh, <laughs> Chris, I want to ask you about Saban and the contract extension, uh, making him head coach through 2028, 8.425 million base salary, um, highly underpaid for the value he brings to the university. I think you just write a blank, blank check and say, how much do oh, you yeah. want? And then you get whoever, you know, to sign it. Um, uh, but Roger, Roger Patrick Myers, (laughs) Roger Myers to sign the check. Um, incredible, incredible job that he's done. Obviously you don't, we don't have to read the resume. Uh, how much longer do you think he has and talk about the value that he brings to university and why he's underpaid? Yeah. So it's weird. Like, cause this is actually my least favorite question is like, um, when people bring this up in the office, he's like, when's he going to retire? Who's going to replace him? Um, probably not soon. Every- He'll probably get another extension. Right. <laughs> right. And so I think that like um, talking with people like close, you know, relatives of his and, and, and stuff like that, that know him well. And I don't, I can't see him sitting still. Right. Like yeah. I, I, you know, I know that the LSU pregame speech we all quote all the time, but like, I, I, I literally can't see him sitting still. And yeah, I think there'd be an opportunity like ESPN to do the, game day stuff sure i don't think he wants to do that and, and i think when when it gets too stressful um for him or when, when like the negatives are starting to outweigh the positives um then maybe we see him go but but what, I, what worries me is like i don't see him leaving on a high note right i don't see him leaving like after winning a title and then just going off into the sunset because yeah. he's not that kind of guy right i also can't see him losing and then calling it quits so I don't know when he's going to do it because like, you know, he lost in 20, 2019 and people started bringing it up like, is the dynasty dead? Is he going to leave? You know, LSU just did all this. And then he came back and made it a point to just rub it in their face in Baton Rouge because of that. And so I, I don't know, man, like it's like every year they win and you would think it would get less impressive, but there's just something added. It seems like every year where you have three of the top five Heisman finalists, you have Mac, put up these, you know, six first rounders, I'd say what's more impressive than anything and the, the job that he does as a coach last season, there wasn't a single player that missed a game because of COVID, but not a single player. So he missed more the, games because of COVID than the players. Yeah, that's right. Um, so from the value standpoint of the university, like I, I didn't go to Bama, but I can tell you as, as somebody who's a fan that had season tickets before he got there, they were a lot cheaper back then. I'll say that um, for sure. And, and I think that it's, it's, you look at what some of the admissions and, and the, the interest of the university and Alabama, no offense is not a place that I would ever, you couldn't pay me to live in Alabama. Like mountain Brook seems beautiful, but I'm saying like in general, I'm not going to like op or Andalusia. Um, and he, he, those are quite Bama, destination towns. <laughs> not exactly at all. Um, but I think he, he gives Bama like a positive, like reputation throughout the country. And, and, and that alone is I think great for that state and, and the university. Yeah. Uh, Alabama continues to dominate the headlines, as I mentioned earlier, talking about adding Oklahoma State to the schedule, 28 and 29 seasons. Alabama's got a fantastic slate over the next decade of playing non-conference opponents that are power five teams, home and away. I'm really excited about that. What do you think about the next decade and the teams that Alabama are playing and the 
schedule Greg Byrne is trying to create and the culture around Alabama playing bigger name schools, not Northwestern State University right. College of yeah. You know. First off, it's a fantastic school, though. Um, they have they have a great veterinarian school. Uh, no, I, I think I think it's great. I think you know, honestly, if you had to give credit, and this has never probably been said about this guy, but I feel like Kirby Smart kind of was the first one to to start doing these home and homes because you, you kind of know that playoff expansion is coming and you can afford to lose a game or two. Because um, Saban, he really did switch the entire game of college football. Like he turned it on its head by starting these early season, you know, primetime matchups can stop 10 teams. I think this is only great. Uh, he only ended great for the Florida State football program by doing that. Yeah, it's <laughs> just that famous night in, uh, back in September um, in 2017. But, yeah, I think that, like, putting together these kind of matchups, it's always great for football. I, I, I wonder um, where it stops, though, because if you, if you look at, like, you know, old Bama schedules, you would see stuff like they played Nebraska and, and Notre Dame and all those other teams, like, in the middle of the year – I wonder um, how much or how much that will continue because if you start losing focus on like the actual SEC slate, which is already extremely difficult, um, I, I don't I don't know what that'll look like. You know, I, I I tell you what, I wish they would do some regional stuff and come to Atlanta and play at, not in Mercedes Benz for once and play in Bobby Dodd because I just because I live down the street. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's great and it's it's good for the game of football in general. Yeah. All right. So wrapping up here, kicking it over to softball, Alabama had a stellar year, Team 25, coming up just short of the championship series and the Women's College World Series. We're not, we're not going to sit here and talk about the way that one person was pitched over another. I mean, everyone saw how oh, it I happened. Will. All right. All right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and go there. Uh, I, I, Chris, break down I, the Women's College World Series for me. Okay. And you know I'm a big softball guy. Uh, if there's yeah. anything you know about me. No, I know Patrick Murphy. He knows, knows what he's doing. I know he knows more about softball than me. I'll just say Same. that if, if you have the chance to put your foot on someone's throat and, and move on to like the, the title game and, and like, it's not, I get the setup of it, like putting her second in case we lose. Cause then you have it in your back pocket. And they got to face Montana fouts. That's great. What's, what's the issue. I guess what the issue with me is she was on one of the most like incredible streaks we've possibly ever seen i feel like she had like 10 or nine straight double digit strikeout games the first game of the world series she she has 16 strikeouts which is like four shy of the the all-time record and that was a 13 inning game um she was just like you just don't mess with that like you like you don't take out a shooter like like would you take Steph curry out right so i just don't understand what we're doing like i don't want to be like that run the damn ball guy but at the same time, I just didn't understand why in that moment you wouldn't go to, you know, dance with the one that brung you, as my grandpa would say. Exactly, exactly. Well, it was frustrating because, you know, as an Alabama fan, you want to see them – It's the shooter reference is, is exactly right. And it was frustrating to see that. But, again, you know, there's a reason Patrick Murphy's the coach. There's a reason he's right. won a national championship. And – things happen the way that they happen. And that doesn't take away from the fantastic season Alabama had. Yeah. The fact that Montana Feltz pitched a perfect game on her birthday. Um, yeah. Lexi Kilfoyle is a very capable pitcher. I mean, she was the 1B to Feltz's 1A all season. And, and I will say, Hunter Lesson brought up a really good point about this. And, and, and I will say that, like, the argument uh, for even if she would have started, they only had two hits that entire game. So, you know, like – Maybe it would have mattered in general. I don't know. And then you're in the, the you know, elimination game, winner go home, where 
you don't have Montana Fowl. So I, I don't know if it would have gone worse, but I will say this was like su- such a fun year. I know Bama fans are obnoxious like uh, with Twitter stuff about how, you know, like the tier three, tier two, you know, football only gums, all that kind of stuff. It was really fun, not just to watch Bama, but like the women's college world series and, and women's softball is like the only thing Am I allowed to cuss? Probably not. Is the only thing the NCAA doesn't F up, I feel like. It is such an incredible product of what they put, like, on the field. And, it, like, the games are fantastic. The atmosphere is fantastic. They played a game at 2 o'clock in the morning. So that I didn't like, I'll say. I, mean, I didn't <laughs> like I it really either, to go to bed. They, they, were, they were getting it done. They were doing what yeah. they had to do. So and, like, you saw regionals, like, the, at every place. And then super regionals. Like, every, it was packed everywhere. And so I, I thought – it was a lot of fun in general, and, and that team was was great to watch. They were like – the 2012 run was great as well because they won the national championship. But this team just seemed like they were so much more personable. Like, they had so much more personality. Um, and I honestly, I thought it was their year because it just it, – not just because of the dominance of the whole athletic department this year, but they just kind of felt like that team, like the same way we did this year with football. Like, they – it felt like you knew the players, and they had like these just like larger-than-life – you know, ability for one and then also personality. So um, yeah. it was a great season though. Well, there's no chance, you know, in the world that I could sit there and watch a Montana Feltz fastball, rise ball, whatever come by me. And I would even think about swinging the bat. So it is some supernatural ability. Um, but Chris, that's, that's going to do it for episode 74. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk some football uh, off season talk is always just talk, talk, talk. And it's uh, I enjoy doing it and glad to, glad to have you on. Of course, man. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. He's Chris Marler of Saturday Down South, and this is the Galloway Podcast, Episode 74, presented by WD Marketing Group, Tuscaloosa, Alabama-based marketing firm focused on helping small and local businesses with all their digital, social media, and traditional marketing needs. Find them on the web at www.wdmarketinggroup.com. Hey, check out Chris's Twitter He's at Vern Fundquist, F-U-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T. I believe that's correct. He's got two hilarious dogs that he loves to post about. So good follow, great content. And then, of course, I'm sure everyone follows Saturday Down South. Chris Marler is a key part of that. Really appreciate him taking the time on the Galloway podcast. He's, uh, well, I will say he's kind of been bugging me about being on here, and so I'm glad we were able to make it work. That one was for you, Chris. And appreciate you listening. As the listener, if you have any feedback, questions, comments, or concerns, do hit me up on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. And if you're looking for any Galloway podcast merchandise, well, after a little dry spell of not having any available because of all the faithful listeners and fans, LOL. Appreciate your support. Well, hey, there's Black Galloway Podcast coffee mugs now available for $5. Contact me via Twitter to purchase your Black Galloway Podcast coffee mug today. Black coffee mug, white logo. It's a clean look. Just $5. You want it. You need it. You know you've got to have it. Hey, thanks for listening. Once again, you can check out the Galloway Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. This is the Galloway Podcast, where there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Galloway.